stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. But I want to get right to this remarkable young lady and a book that she has released today. Now, you may not know her name, but I think you might know her last name. You've certainly heard of her father. Warren Jeffs, the notorious leader of the FLDS, for a time was on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. Of course, the FLDS has a presence in Canada and Bountiful, although half of that community has been expelled from the FLDS. Uh, They're loyal to Winston Blackmore. Rachel Jeffs is one of the many children of Warren Jeffs, and she is no longer with the FLDS. And she has written a new book about her life growing up in the FLDS and her decision to leave. It is called Breaking Free, How I Escaped Polygamy, the FLDS Cult, and my father, Warren Jeffs. Rachel Jeffs, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, obviously, I think we, we can understand maybe why you want to tell your story. There's certainly a story to be told. But from, from your own perspective, tell us why you felt it was important to, to write this book and to share your story. I, I After I left and a lot of people came asking me about my story and why I left, I, I just felt like I should write it down for people, their information because I felt like I wanted the people in the church and those who left to know the truth about the man they had been following. And, I, and also for other people who are in bad situations, I want them to be able to feel like they can be strong and become free if they want to. I mean, despite it all and despite everything, I mean, Warren Jeff still has devoted followers, doesn't he? Yes, very much so. They honestly believe he's innocent. Now, you write uh, in, in the opening to the book that you say, I am not a victim and I do not want anyone's sympathy. But, but certainly you, you were a victim. And, and obviously one very harrowing part of this book is you talk about your childhood. You talk about the, the abuse, the sexual abuse that you suffered at the hands of your father. So what, yeah, what do you mean when you say you're you're not a victim? I just don't want to be victimized, you know. I, I mean, I feel like I'm a survivor. I, I want to turn that experience around and help other people not go through that and use it, use it positively instead of feeling bad for myself, so to say. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's a difficult read because, you know, you get the, the sense of a girl just trying to live her life and obviously in, in very different and difficult circumstances uh, because in some parts, Warren Jeffs comes across as, as a monster. Uh, in other parts, I mean, he comes across as, as a caring man. It's, it's a complex picture. So how do you describe Warren Jeffs yeah, to people? He, he was two different men. He literally was two different men. One one minute he could be kind and caring, and you'd think he was the most loving man. And then the next minute he wasn't. He was literally two different men. Now, given what you went through, and, and you know, it certainly seemed as though you were one, one of his favorites, that he paid special attention to you, and, and that led to, to the abuse. But, I mean, given all of the, the children he had, dozens of children, were, were there others? Was was this common? Um. Later, I found out that he did abuse others, not as much and as often as me, but he he did do it. You know, it was like it was a weakness that he couldn't control. But yet, still, he had me around him the most, and and I don't know why. It's just that's just what he chose to do. 
But when it came to instructing people on, on, on how they should live their lives, when it came to, to matters pertaining to religion, he, he was very strict. But do you get the sense, because a lot of these prophecies and revelations did seem to be very self-serving and it gave him ways of controlling the community, but do you think deep in his heart that, that he believed all of this? I think he actually um, wanted to be a good person. I mean, he required us to live very morally clean, so to say. I mean, what he did was behind everyone's back. They don't even believe he did it unless they were his own victim. They really don't know that he has done it. Um, he, he, lit, he taught exactly opposite than what he did. Right. And I think that he... I don't know. I, I don't know if he actually thinks that he is a prophet. I don't think he really does. I think he's just really a master deceiver. Mm-hmm. Now, you, growing up then, you were, were essentially, this is all you were taught. This is uh, what we believe, and this is how we live our lives. And so you knew once you got into your late teens that, that you were going to be a, a sister wife at, at some point, right? Yep, I knew that. And how did you feel about that? I, I thought it would be okay, you know. I hadn't lived polygamy as a child. It's so much different than as a wife. So I thought it would be fine, you know. I thought I'd be happy. I didn't realize till I actually became a wife how hard it would really be. Right, and it, it's really emotional. And, and you, you talk at great length about uh, your relationship with your husband, Rich, and how it, it had its its good moments. And in other cases, it, it, it really wasn't. It was... Um, certainly a strange situation but when looking back on it all how do you feel about him you know i i felt like i loved him i i i naturally do love people quite easily i mean i felt like i loved him i felt like he loved me but now that i'm remarried and i'm an only wife i realize we weren't best friends i always felt like he was betraying me and with my husband now and i'm the only one and it's like we are best friends i never wonder if he's going to go behind my back and it it just it's just so much different and i realize how much maybe we really didn't love each other right because as, as you know, there's there's uh, followers of the FLDS in Canada. There's a community in, in BC where uh, I believe there's been some divisions. Some still follow Warren Jeffs, others follow Winston Blackmore. But you know, Canada's been debating about you know, what what we do about this. Do we enforce our polygamy law? Should we be arresting uh, some of the men in these communities? And and you know, as I read about Rich and your experiences with him, and I, I thought about that because. I don't get the sense that Rich is a, a bad man. He doesn't come across as, as a criminal. It, it's a really difficult situation because would we really be helping the people of the community if we go in and start arresting the men, start arresting people like Rich? Yeah, I don't think these men are actually trying to, I mean, I don't feel like Rich is ever trying to hurt anybody or anything. He basically was just doing what he told, and for the most part, he was trying to be loving. I feel like where polygamy really hurts is it hurts the children because... The fathers can't really physically take care of that big of a family. They really can't. Right. And it, it, it comes down to they have to rely on either the government or other people to help support them. It's just too much family, for the most part, for one man to take care of. Also, he can't really get to know all those children on a one-on-one basis, especially, say, these families in Bountiful that have, like, 150 kids. Yeah. I mean, you can't really know all your kids personally with that many kids right and you know it's interesting as you you go through all of this and and you know when when things got really tight uh, when 
um, you know, your father was arrested and uh, he was uh, in trouble with the law and uh, things were getting crazy and, and you were going back and forth to all these different communities. I mean, it's just a crazy situation, but it, it didn't seem as though it took a long time for the idea of, of actually leaving to enter your head. Is that right? Oh, very much because I didn't want to lose my friends and family, you know, that as long as I had them, I was fine. But as soon as father started separating me and making life so miserable that I realized I didn't want my kids to grow up this way. I didn't want them to grow up in a society where one minute he could tell my kids that I'm a terrible person and would never see him again, you know. I didn't want them to be under that kind of control, and I wanted them to just live a normal, happy life. But you've grown up. I mean, people grow up in that community, and, and leaving is one of the worst things you can do, right? Yeah, it's like the very worst thing. Like, you will be damned, especially if, like me, um, talking against the prophet, you know, we're told if we talk against the prophet, that is the worst thing we can do. Well, Rachel, stand by. We'll take a quick break here. Rachel Jeff's on the line with us from her new book, Breaking Free. This is Afternoons on News Talk 770. All right, we're back. Rachel Jeffs is on the line with us. We're talking about her new book, Breaking Free, How I Escaped Polygamy, the FLDS Cult, and my father, Warren Jeffs. Now, once Warren Jeffs was uh, arrested and uh, eventually sentenced, obviously, to life in prison, but uh, from behind bars, he was still running things and seemingly becoming irrational or unhinged with just increasingly strict edicts and just kind of random and arbitrary banishments that even impacted you. You got to go here. You got to stay there. You can't have your kids. Uh, it... it seemed to get pretty crazy. Yeah, it felt like he very much became irrational, and it was like it hurt him to see us happy or having these things that he didn't have anymore. It was like he didn't like seeing us have something he couldn't have, so he had to take it away from us and make us feel like what it was like to live in solitary confinement and like as though we had committed some crime to experience what he was experiencing or something. How did you feel about him being arrested and him facing justice and, and him facing uh, life in prison? Did, did you feel as though he was uh, a bad man, that that's where he deserved to be? Or did, did you feel any sympathy for him at any level? I, I remember thinking for a moment, God is going to punish him for what he did to me. That's just what I thought for a moment. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I felt so sorry that I mean, I felt sad that he had made these bad choices. I mean, I I just felt like it was sad that he chose to hurt little girls and stuff. I just, because, you know, he what, he is my father. And then at the same time, I feel like, well, he chose to be there. That's, that was his choice. So that's where he should be. Right. And I mean, clearly he was uh, attracted to, to children and, and everything you went through and, and some of your, your siblings as well. But... It wasn't until later on, was it, that he started taking on younger and younger wives? Right. So so what he did to his daughters was all very secret, but then he started marrying younger and younger girls down to 12 years old. And, you know, the fathers giving these children to my dad felt like he was just going to raise them up in purity. He, they didn't really think he was going to have sex with them, but I knew because of what I went through, I knew he was going to have sex with them. Yeah. And and that people went along with this. We mentioned Bountiful. There was a, a case that, that arose out of Bountiful because there was a couple who took their 13-year-old daughter across the border to Warren Jaffs for the purpose of, of her marrying him. So yeah. people knew about this. 
Yeah, yeah, they knew, and and they and they really thought that they were giving their daughter to the most pure man in the world because they did not believe he was guilty of anything like that. They didn't think he was capable of sin. Did you ever believe that he was a prophet, or that your grandfather was, or that they had a direct connection to God? I, I believed because you know when I was a very young girl, I was taught my grandfather was, so I, I believed my grandfather was. But then, after my father assumed authority, I I really even questioned, I guess, my grandfather a lot because I was like, how could my father be? You know, he's he's bad. Right. <laughs> you know, I didn't really know my grandfather personally at all. Did questioning all of this make you question? religion in general? Do you feel like you're a religious or a spiritual person now? I, I I very much believe in God. I feel like He helped me get away and helped me be strong and see the difference between my father and God. I mm-hmm. mean, definitely not the same person. I, I feel like He helped me a lot. I, I prayed a lot, and I feel like He helped me get away from that. I also I mean, I do identify myself as a Christian, but I do not. I do not follow any religion at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like religion has hurt me and my kids so much. I mean, following a man or a group of men, whatever, it just feels like so easy for them to lead you into really <laughs> hurtful situations. But you feel as though it, it, it is a cult, the FLDS. Very much, very much. How is it going to end? Is it just going to have to be a long process of individuals on their own making the decision you made? I think if people on the outside are really kind to the people on the inside, because, you know, they're taught for so many years that the world will hate them and hurt them and persecute them. I think as we be kinder to, I mean, if we be kind to them and be more inviting, they'll realize that the world really isn't a hateful place and we are here to help them. And then they'll realize that really all their hurt and pain is coming from their leader, Warren Jeffs. So what was the final straw for you? What cinched it for you that you had to get out? Um, After my father kept separating me from my kids and I was really angry at that point you know I felt like he's hurting my kids and then when my sister called me and told me that father had also abused her I felt like it gave me the strength that I wasn't alone and that I could leave and and she also felt that way you know we were like we can leave now because I had one person that believed me and would listen to me I felt like now I can go and I can be strong and do this you know Right, and and doing it for your children. I mean, isn't it interesting that, you know, this whole experience and, and all the awful things associated with it, you, you have these amazing gifts. You have these children. That, yeah. that you have that, that, that something beautiful to take from, from what was in many ways an awful situation. Yeah, and I feel like that's so much my, that's my life. I, I live to make them a happier life than what I had. I guess at some point they, they may grow older, they may, they may read this book uh, and get a better understanding of it all. But how do you, how do you talk to them about it now, and, and what do they I, remember about I, it? I, you know, my oldest is almost 15, and I've told my older girls about some of the details, and they understand, and they very much are grateful that they're out. And my younger children, they're just like, you know, my, younger, my youngest daughter, she's eight, she saw a picture of my father the other day and she's like oh i hate that man and i was like why and she says because he 
ripped us away from you. I mean, yeah. and, and they really they really don't like him. He hurt them so much that they just naturally do not like him or that way of life. And I suppose this would be uh, very much considered a, a forbidden Gentile book, but is it your hope that maybe there are some within the community who might, who might find out about this, who might even manage to somehow get their hands in the book and, and read it themselves? Very much. I've been hoping very much that they'll just somehow sneak it and read it. That's why I'm I'm so anxious that it's just in basic stores where they go, like Costco and Walmart. I know that they go in those stores, and if that book was there, I know that some of them would just sneak and read it a little bit or something. And I'm sure the writing of the book must have been difficult at times, but you feel on the whole that this was a cathartic experience? Was this a positive experience, writing this book? Yeah, it has. And I feel like it's been healing. I mean, it's been, it's felt good to get it out and to know that people support me in it. Well, it's a very important story, as mentioned, and congratulations on everything. The book is called Breaking Free, How I Escaped Polygamy, the FLDS Cult, and my father, Warren Jeffs. Rachel Jeffs, thank you so much for joining us here today, and all the best to you. Okay, thank you. All right, there you go. What a fascinating story. What a brave young woman. Rachel Jeffs, the book Breaking Free. As she writes, I'm not a victim. I do not want anyone's sympathy. I wrote this book to help others who have suffered from similar experiences, whether in the FLDS or enthralled to some other circumstance beyond their control. I want people to know it is possible not only to overcome their trials, but to use those difficult experiences to help others. No matter where you came from or what you've been through, we're all in this together. Wise words from this young lady. My name is Rob Breckenridge. A lot more still to come on the program here today. Before we go any further, it is time for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at parktogo.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.